hello, and thank you for checking out a brand new episode of This Is Just a Phase. I'm your humble host, Jonathan Kent. Before we get started with this episode, I just want to remind you that not only can you listen to us on Spotify, but we're also available on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That being said, if you're on social media, please check out our variety of platforms that we're on. Uh, on Facebook, you can follow the This Is Just A Phase podcast group. If you're on Instagram, you can follow us at This Is Just A Phase podcast. And if you're on TikTok, you can follow us at T-I-J-A-P podcast. All the platforms offer different things uh, with Facebook offering the most. Well, with that being said, please do yourself a favor and check out the label that I co-own with Mike Rotemoyer called This Is Just a Record Label. Our site, this is just a record label.bandcamp.com, offers great music from bands like Elephant, Dave Strong, The Plan B's, The Prozac's, Letters, Gatlin, and Three Amazing Compilations. We also offer some digital content as well. So please do yourself a favor and head over to this is just a record label.bandcamp.com and pick up something today. Also, lastly, if you would like to contact me directly, please do so at this is just a phase podcast at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to get back to you with a message in uh, a short amount of time. Uh, with that being said, Jay, let's go. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no future to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same morning routine You're content for the new wall And the same old morning scene Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go On this absolute blast of an episode, I get the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Vinnie Marone, brainchild of the awesome Philadelphia area punk band Loud Love. We chat about starting the project as a way to cope during the pandemic and as a way to work with people that he admires. How using the band as a way to convey his variety of influences and discussing our shared love of 21 Pilots and the way we connect with our children through music. We also converse about Loud Love's new EP, The Price of Addiction, the difficulty of maintaining the drive to play music, and that unglamorous side of punk rock, the huge influence of Sublime on him and the genesis of their cover of Same in the End, and so much more. 
So please sit back and enjoy a great conversation in this episode of This Is Just A Phase. Here's a song from that EP, The Price of Addiction, called Just Fine. Enjoy. There was a time When every thought and every word Every single dream I dreamed about you I thought every single day In every way A little piece of me was tethered To the piece of you that gave us purpose Now I'm on my own You had me so fucked up I know that people started to notice We're drinking every single day To numb the pain But every bottle that I drained Couldn't resurrect your ghostly imprint I used to blame everyone else For the things that you said How you handled things was wrong But they were your choice all the Yeah, you sound good, man. Awesome. Hey, how you doing? 
I'm doing very well. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I'm very, very honored, very thrilled to be a part of it. So I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, well, thank you very much for saying the kind words. Um, um, I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fry in the, in the pool of uh, podcasting, but I, I thank you for the kind words, man. Appreciate it. Hey man, anytime you take the time to do this and put it together and spend that time and invest it, it's, uh, it's big. Trust me. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I do it just for the love of it, man. Like much like you, I've been a part of the punk scene for a long time and, it was just I wanted to do something to shine a light on, you know, those bands that don't get a lot of attention. And, you know, there's tons of podcasts out there that cater to the bigger bands. But I wanted to try something uh, for the lesser known bands to get to really push the attention you know, for those bands. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we definitely appreciate that. And it's also just like it's just fun to connect and, and just to talk shop sometimes because. You know, especially like I feel like the older I get, the the less people I I come across that even enjoy talking about the stuff that I enjoy. So when you find like minded people, it's just kind of fun to do. So it's it's a good time for I you know I got myself a nice hot cup of coffee. I'm sitting down in in my office space here. I got you on the other line, and I'm I'm just I'm happier than I could ever be <laughs> so, so i got my coffee too and i'm in my living room sitting on my couch just yeah. relaxing talking to you exactly um, <laughs> uh, let me go ahead and introduce you uh i'm talking to vinnie marone of the philadelphia area pop punk band loud love thank you so much for being on the podcast man and i appreciate it so very much thank you for having me you're welcome and, and i say pop punk but Loud Love is is definitely a project that you do that is very very much all over uh, the spectrum of 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 punk. Um, you do you know you do that the the poppy punk stuff and then you do the heavier stuff and you know you even do like you know a ska punk cover like same in the end. Um, what was the original genesis of you coming up with the idea of Loud Love and was that diversity always important for you with this project from the beginning? Yes, it was. Um, so Loud Love started, I'd, I'd never had my own music project. I've always kind of been a part of either someone else's or, you know, kind of like a, a, a mutual thing, you know, with, with friends. And we all kind of went in with the same idea and, and equally uh, figured things out. But um, when we were all uh, by ourselves in our houses back in 2020, um, <laughs> I <laughs> I decided, I you know, because I'm a songwriter before I am anything else. And I just, I love all different types of music. So Loud Love was supposed to be a thing where I could literally write, you know, a punk song, or I could write a doom metal song, or I could write dare I say, a country song and, you know, and put it together with people that I know and love and respect. And even some people that I don't know, but I just, you know, love their work and have a platform to do that. So that's where it originally started. Um, but, you know, my um, my comfortability, my comfortability, I should say, in punk 
um, goes all the way back to being a kid, being a teenager. It's where my roots are. So when the world started opening back up and it became time for me to kind of want to take this thing on the road, um, that's where that punk influence really kind of rooted itself back into the project. And it became less about, I guess, a recording project and more of a band and more of something that we wanted to perform live for people. And just punk is that's everything is rooted in that. I, um, I could ramble on about this forever, but uh, there's like I, I talked to some guys and I am by no means like a music theory guy. Um, I love it, but I, I don't know much about it. But I've talked to enough people to know that, you know, when it comes to rock and roll music, it's rooted in a couple of different things. It's either rooted in jazz it's rooted in punk uh, or it's rooted in uh, like a classical type sound. And I've figured out from myself that my songwriting style, my performing style is very much rooted in punk. It's just where my ear has always gone. So mm-hmm. that's the, uh, that's the genesis of it. Yeah. And I, I mean, even on your first EP uh, survive anything, I mean, you have a song like Survive Anything, you have a song like California, and then you have a song like Hold Fast. Yes. Which is pretty incredible because you had Josh Freese play on that. That that's pretty fucking awesome. Yes. Um but there's it, it, even just for those couple songs, the diversity is so so not the diversity, the uh the the difference between the songs is so so harsh but for some reason it all works in the confines of the ep like nothing sounds out of place it's just you can go from three to 16 and like it doesn't it doesn't really feel like that much of a shift but the individual songs are just so different it's it's pretty cool that you were able to find that middle ground with them for songs that sound so much different from one another yeah, and I really appreciate you saying that because it, it means a lot. It's it's always our focus, you know. When we're when we're putting a list of songs together uh, that we're going to include on a release or an album, um, it 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 means a lot for us to be able to have it all make sense because we know that <laughs> you know track three <laughs> is going to be so much different from track sixteen, and that it does have to kind of have you know, a base DNA. It's got to be us still. And I think that's that's what really ties it together is that we are true to ourselves. We're true to what we love to play and what feels good to us. And I think that's the commonality between every track on the song. So you'll never pull up a song or a selection and think to yourself, oh man, they're just doing this to make XYZ type of song because they you know want to or it's some ego thing it's like th- it's it's rooted in what we love so that's that's the commonality between it but yeah hold fast on that ep especially is probably the one that sticks out like a sore thumb the most but um i love and it it's one of my favorite songs by you like i i really really like that song i like i like how it's unapologetically what it is
you've been a part of the punk scene probably as long as I have, where, you know, of course, the gatekeepers, what's punk, what's not. And ultimately, it's like, did you forget you grew up in the 90s? Did you forget that there was so many variations of what punk was during that short amount of time? Oh, yes. Like, are you really going to argue over apples and oranges? I mean, fucking bands like Sonic Youth were considered punk, and they didn't. They were so far removed from punk. But you can lump them in with that group as much as you can with Green Day or Screechy Weasel or, you know, bands like Paramore and, and Fall Out Boy. You know what I mean? Punk can be whatever you fucking want it to be, and I don't understand why there's still such hangups over what is or isn't, you know, in, in definition of it. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's kind of a mentality that it doesn't make sense to me either. And I'm glad you bring that up because when, uh, when I think about punk rock, I think less about the sound or, or like a genre and more mm -hmm. about an attitude behind what goes into creating it. And what goes into sharing it with people. So when I go to a punk show, I still, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm out there, I'm getting sweaty. I'm, I'm rubbing elbows and shoulders with any and everyone who wants to do it. I'm getting as close to the stage as I possibly can and screaming my lungs out. Uh, whether it's a song like hold fast or whether it's a song like psycho magnet of ours. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> um, but like, um, it's it's more about the the attitude and the mentality of of how you approach music, you know, because you can go to a, a, a show um, that I mean, there's there's a ton of different stuff that, that I enjoy. Um, you know, I think about the, the latest concert I went to with my kids, which was 21 Pilots, and they are not punk <laughs> at no, all. No, but I love going to those shows, but it's a it's a completely different vibe you know it's rooted in something so different than what i'm used to and what i love and what i enjoy is going and hanging out with my friends and and getting sweaty and and and, and getting a little banged up and having no voice by the end of the night that's what punk rock is and you know if if that's the attitude that you're conveying while performing the songs i, I don't think it really matters too much about what subgenre it is at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and, I, and I like that you brought up uh, 21 Pilots, because if it wasn't for my older kids, I would have never known who they were, and I wouldn't have gotten into them. And I think they're probably one of the most diverse and interesting bands that come out in like the last like, 10, 15 years. And because there's, you know, who's to say that some of their stuff doesn't lean to punk rock? Because I, I think some of it does, but they also are rooted in pop and hip hop and dance and all these different kinds of genres that I think music nowadays bands like that make so much sense because they probably dug through their parents crate the same way that we dug through our parents album crate. You know what I mean? And discovered exactly. all these different things and just found a way to, I don't know, make it palatable. Yeah, to mesh it all together. I, You know, one thing I love about 
I'm so glad that we're talking about 21 Pilots, by the way, <laughs> on a punk rock <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we will always throw curveballs on this podcast, man. <laughs> you know, I I love that band so much. They're they're my favorite modern band by far. I've seen them uh, three times already. And oh, like you said, it's because of my older kids. I have much older children. My, my oldest is 19. Um, the next one down is 17. So... Um, yeah, they're they're the ones who who got me into my my, my daughter Mackenzie especially, and um, just being introduced to the way that uh, Tyler the the kind of like the head honcho of, of Twenty One Pilots. There's two guys. I'm sure they have a production team and all that, but Tyler Joseph is is the main songwriter, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what draws me to that band. His um, his way, his approach to songwriting is just so beautiful. You know, he he can play. Any song that he writes on uh, on a ukulele or on an acoustic guitar, and it'll sound just as good as if he added in every single you know plug-in and electronic and instrument that you could think of. And I think that's that's so great is when you can write a song and it could translate into all these different things and it could still be a great song. That's so yeah. important, you know. You brought up your kids. I have my oldest, Corinne. She's 18, and my older son, Jamison, he's 16. Okay, so we're, so, like, right there, neck and neck. <laughs> yeah, right there. My daughter's ready to go off to college here in a couple weeks. And, um, like, you, you, you brought up, you know, Tyler's writing and stuff like that. And the, I've, I go back to a song, like, uh, Stressed Out. That song came out on, what, 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Here we are eight years later. And I hear it come on a playlist or we're driving in the car. And that song comes out, that song comes on. And I'm just like, God, what that song's still fresh for now. I mean, there's nobody really doing that kind of sound. And it's just, it's, it's pop music, but it's not like pop music. It was like the mainstream had to fit to them. Yes. As opposed to them fitting for the mainstream. No, they it, they were. They were like trailblazers because they came on the scene and now you hear all of these other bands mimicking them, you know. So yeah. they're they're the ones that kind of started that that movement in that sound and they're the ones that still do it the best. And to be a two piece, I mean I understand they have a touring band probably, but to because they came out of of Dayton, Ohio, of all of all fucking places. <laughs> yep. And it was really bizarre to me. I think it was them and um uh what's that one band? It was, they came around, they came out around the same time. They were um that shut up and dance with me song. Oh yes, I know the song. I can't Walk think the of Moon. That. Okay. Walk yeah. the Moon. They came out of like Columbus. So it was like these two bands coming out of like you know, not a hotbed for music by any, you know, uh, you know, uh, coming out, like not from like Chicago or New York or one of these big cities or big music cities. And they just were like, holy shit, dude, I guess, I guess Southern Ohio has some shit going on. dude." Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what it probably was? Some A&R rep from a big uh, record company was probably on his way somewhere else, broke down in Southern Ohio and was like, yeah, let me go to a couple shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think it was is because I think if memory serves me right, um, I don't know a hundred percent sure, but Twenty One Pilots was on one of I don't know if it was fueled by ramen or 
Yeah, I think you're right. Dec- decadence or one of those labels. And of course, they're owned by a, a, a major now, Warner. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure some A&R guy was kind of passing through and caught a, you know, a, a show at a local venue or something like that. Isn't that always the way it kind of happens? Exactly. You know, but speaking of smaller scenes and not, you know, break away from 21 Pilots, because we could probably talk about them for another half an hour. Oh, yeah. You um, invite me on later. We'll do a whole uh, show on them. We'll do a whole show on 21 <laughs> our, our shared love of 21 Pilots. Yeah. The listeners go, what the fuck did I just sign up for? <laughs> but I wanted to talk to you about being from, you know, much like me, a a, a lesser known hotbed for music. You know, uh, they are known, Philadelphia is known for music, but not necessarily is known for being a focal point for people when it comes to punk music. Um and being from Western Pennsylvania, I can relate to because Pittsburgh isn't really known for um, being a hotbed either. But I want to know your thoughts on growing up in your local scene and um, were was past bands kind of influencing you to where you are now within that scene? Yeah, absolutely. So... I mean, you are right in saying that Philly is is definitely not a hotbed for for punk rock. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that we try really hard to kind of um, to fly that flag in our own. Yeah, you definitely do got some great bands that have come out of there. Sure. Don't get me wrong, but it's uh, in the global sense, like it's not known Like people aren't. People are going to go towards your New York, your L.A., your Chicago, your, you know what I mean? They're going to go to those places before they would look at Philly or Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that kind of when you bring up the bands of the past, that kind of influenced us even like staying around and doing our thing. Um, I think of a band called Jersey Calling. And um, not only are they an incredible band that if you haven't heard their stuff, you should look them up immediately. No, definitely will. Um, they they're uh, they've also become great friends of mine, and I think back when we were you know 15, 16 years old playing church basements and VFW halls and stuff like that, it was all about finding like-minded, passionate people who had it in their blood to keep doing this, and that's why after 20, 25 years, we're all still friends. We're all still making music. We're all still traveling wherever we need to go to keep our our quote unquote scene alive, you know, here in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're called Jersey Calling. They're from South Jersey, but they rep the Philly area in general the same way that we do. And I think it's important that to mention that, you know, you mentioned, you know, Western PA and Pittsburgh and stuff like that, even in Ohio. Um, we have, I feel like, this statewide scene, and they all kind of meet in the middle where all of these bands and all of these artists who feel the same way that we do and are as passionate as we are, we're the ones that kind of stick together. And mm-hmm. you have like these venues that are hubs for that, like the kennel at West York Inn or uh, Porky's in Pittsburgh, um, you know, or uh, the Stoop in Columbus, you know, these places where they'll invite any and everyone within a, you know, 500 mile radius to come down and to be a, a big part of the community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's all about. And, 
you know, we're repping our local area. We're repping Philly. Um, but it's really about finding those like-minded people. I mean, you bring up, a, a you know, bands like Coffee with Lions. Oh, great band. Dude. Oh, the guys God. from our brains are got me into them. They're so fucking good, dude. They are amazing. And I've had the pleasure and privilege to play with them several times on a bunch of different shows. I've gotten to see them and just kind of like go and enjoy the show without having to worry about playing. And I've gotten to become friends with them. And they not only do their thing, but they will come out to every single show that happens in their backyard at the kennel. And they will support every band that comes through. They'll post the pictures. They'll post the videos online. And that is what it really is all about when it comes to supporting your scene. And I just think that kind of stuff is what's so beautiful about the punk rock scene. Yeah. 
brought that up, and I and I love that because I, I I grew up right on the border of PA, Ohio, near near Youngstown, and um, I live over near Youngstown now, even closer. But I always kind of had my head to the the what was going on in Pittsburgh, what was going on in Youngstown, what was going on in Cleveland, what was going on in e- Erie, even you know the Erie hardcore scene. So for me, it's like, just like you, like I've always kind of had my ear to the ground when it came to what was going on around us. And you, you probably feel a lot like me, like, why aren't these, why aren't our scene getting more looked at? Why aren't our bands getting more and more attention? Um, do you ever feel a little bit like jaded with the fact that like not that the, the, a lot of your friends bands or your bands just can't get over that hump? Yeah, I I mean, I would definitely say there's frustration that creeps in, you know, from time to time. You know, when you go to a show and you put your heart and soul into something as simple as making the flyer, you know, because when it comes to us, you know, you're you're just like me, man. I know that you put your heart and soul into everything and something as simple as making a flyer, coming up with a theme, coming up with the fonts, sharing it around, posting it in all different groups. Um, putting the show itself together, you know, coordinating with the bands to who's going to backline for the night, you know, how long are the set times, all these mm-hmm. little things that go into a show. And then you get there and only about six people show up. And yeah. you know what? Those six people, it's you're so grateful for them and you love seeing them. And, and it, it feels so good to connect with those six people. But you wonder why it isn't 60 because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not even so much loud love or my bands. I'm talking about like the bands that uh, that that I love to watch play, you know, like the mostly dead and and coffee with lions and, um, you know, bands like that. Uh, now, paperback tragedy, I, I bring those guys up, but they're like doing some amazing things. They're finally I feel like they're just about to get over that hump. And well, I just I just had Will on, so yeah, they're they're a hell of a good band, man. Oh my god, I love those guys. You know, like, uh, and that's a band that I will literally travel across states to go see. You know, I will drive two hours to go see Paperback Tragedy play because they're so good. But not only are they a good band, but they they're just good people. You know, yeah. After the set, it's not like oh, great show, man. You get that typical oh good performance and then you and then you don't see them again they hang out with you they talk shop with you they they talk about their kids you know and like mm-hmm. that's the stuff that really matters man and um i wish yeah i wish that the, the bands in our scene you know got a little bit more attention when it came to that kind of stuff but you know we just continue to go back to the drawing board and you and you go and you do your thing and you and you put out what matters to you and that's you know that's all you can really do yeah, you brought up a really good point. I had my buddy's band, uh, the Prozacs. They came down, did like a little, like a little swing through Pittsburgh in Youngstown. They're from Massachusetts, and uh, they were they've been a bigger band for a while. You know what I mean? Not necessarily mm-hmm. as big as like the Queers or Screeching Weasel, but they've maintained you know a really great trajectory for over twenty years. And I had, a, you know, a, a Pittsburgh mainstay submachine opened. I had another buddy of my band, another buddy of mine's band, uh, Rocky Dennis face play. And I was all hyped on this show. And we got this little venue in Pittsburgh and I was really super excited for it. 
and 30 people showed up. Yeah. And I'm just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> you put in all that time, you put in all that energy, you put in all you get you get yourself so hyped for it. And don't get me wrong, it didn't take away from the show. The show was fucking absolutely a fucking amazing and a hundred people should have been there. But it's like I don't know if there's just people don't come out or if there's too many venues or what it is, but just people just don't come out. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. And you talk about another thing that we could probably do an, an entire episode on um, is the philosophy around <laughs> around local shows and, and how it contrasts, to you know, like these shows that draw hundreds upon hundreds or if not thousands of people and, and what really goes into that. Um, you know, I think it's it's I you know, I'm going to say this as kind of like a call to action and it's not an insult to the fan of punk rock, you know, but mm-hmm. like. It's more like a call to action. It's like you, you have a lot of folks who clamor for the the smaller bands in the smaller venues. They want to experience these amazing things. They got to start showing up. They got to start showing out because, you know, these yeah. these national touring acts, you know, they'll they'll play these larger venues and hundreds of people will show up. But really, those hundreds of people are are not coming for the bands. They're not coming for the art that that goes into it, it, it they're production companies that put together these bills and these tours for bands and they're nothing but a backdrop that happens at a bar for a bunch of people to just kind of like drink to and to party to and the band itself is not the it's not the attraction you know yeah and um you know those bands they make a, a very decent living touring the country on that type of business model i guess you know and they'll make some money and they'll be able to kind of sustain their little thing they got going on but at the end of the day is it really what they got into it for and i know for me personally it's not you know i don't i don't want to be like somebody's backdrop you know you can turn on the radio and and get that so Mm -hmm. um i think that if you're a true you know person who enjoys music of any kind whether it's punk rock or whatever um go and support the locals, you know, we're the ones that are putting in all of the work, you know, from what the banners on the on the bar that you walk through the door in look like to the lights on the stage to the sound guy that puts in so much work just to make the band sound good. Um, that's where, you know, all of that kind of blood, sweat and tears really gets poured into. And it's not like a generic cookie cutter thing. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know what it's like the old thing that I, I keep coming back to is people will pay $40 to see these nostalgic bands, you know, whether they're punk or hardcore or whatever, you know, these these legacy bands, mm-hmm. but won't pay $10 to see four bands on a bill. Right. Or they, you know, what my whole adage, you know, having my having my label is I do CDs and tapes. People will spend $40 on an album, but won't spend $10 on a CD. Right. And it's just one of those things where it just always comes down to preference. But like, these are the same people that are touting. I wish music was cheaper. I wish I could see local bands. I wish I could do all these things. These same people that complain or want to, want to, wave that flag aren't even going out and supporting these bands or going out and supporting those those labels they're just doing it almost as a i don't know a smoke screen or whatever you know what i mean but that doesn't take away from the fans who do come out you know what i mean and do come out and support 
Exactly. But it's just that 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 it's just like you wish more people did. Those same people that were were saying all the all the right things but not doing the right things. It's just kind of like, well, it's up to you. You know, if you are serious and you want to go out and support local bands, well, then go out and support local bands. Yeah. Go out and support. Go out and pay your five or ten dollars. Most shows locally are five dollars and you get to see like three, four bands. You can't fucking beat that, dude. You're going to spend five dollars getting a coffee from Starbucks. Oh, yeah. And think about it like that five dollar cover charge has been the same for the last 30 40 years if you think about it back in the days of cbs you know like yeah i mean we didn't adjust for inflation we're, we're, yeah. we're our seeds based on not you know you know we're, we're losing our shirts sometimes putting on these shows but we do it because we love it and i think it's really important like you just mentioned um it's so important to to kind of like shout out those people that do show up you know because mm-hmm. yeah I I can't tell you how appreciative I am. Like we have a a, a friend of ours, um, you know, he didn't start out as a friend. He started out as a guy who was just coming to shows. His name is Chris, and um, now he comes out to all of our shows, man. And and now he's a friend. So it's like it's one of those things where you know you appreciate the hell out of the people who come out and and enjoy the energy that you're putting out, and and gets to meet all these new people that put their heart and soul into everything that they do. And that's the kind of, like you said, like we were mentioning earlier, the community aspect of it. That's why I do this. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do want to shout out those people. And I don't want people to think that like, we're sitting here saying, Oh, more people should come because it's like a money thing or like a clout thing. It's an energy thing. You know, when, when you have a room full of say 10 people, that's cool. If they're, 10 really passionate people but if you got a room full of 100 people that energy level just skyrockets and Mm -hmm. everyone benefits from it and it creates memories and it creates like a feeling that you just can't describe like you can't you'll you'll always remember and that's really what it's all about it's about the energy that comes from you know a big room full of people yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm super supportive for the 30 people that come to a show or mm-hmm. the 10 people who buy a CD. I just uh, a lot of it's 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 a lot of those people that I, like I I want people to understand the listener especially like it's I'm talking about the people who talk about it and aren't the ones who are going out and backing that up. The ones that are on Facebook, the ones that are on social media going oh, man, more people need to support the scene, blah, 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 and aren't going and doing that. Or their idea of the scene is more nationally than local, but every local scene has to start, you know, every national band started out as a local band. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go out and support, support, man. Put, 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 Put your $5 where your mouth is and go support these bands and go build a reputation with them and a relationship with them and you know what? I'm lucky enough that I, I have friends that I've known for 20 years who were just playing basements, got to tour nationally, or got to go play in Europe, and got to go do these things. And I'm proud as fuck for my friends who've been able to do that. Yes, because not every band gets that opportunity to. So when you have friends that are got to do that, like it makes you proud. 
it makes you proud not only to know these people, but to see them bring your scene into other people's eyes. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. Like traveling overseas. Um I'm are you a, a fan of the public serpents? Yes. Yes. Seeing them uh go into Europe and and bring a show, a performance that I've gotten to see in uh like Artemis, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so cool, man. Like you said, it's about representing what matters to you representing your community and they're doing it in germany and in bulgaria and france you know like that that's mm -hmm. that's the dream man it's um it's a beautiful thing and yeah call to action folks listeners please yeah my you know, buddy tyler from uh voice of addiction he plays guitar for them oh okay yeah and he balanced he balances playing guitar with voice of addiction and touring with public serpents and he did that european tour yeah so like he's going back and forth plus he has his own ska project called trying to get by so he's literally juggling three bands <laughs> that guy was just like man you're fucking crazy dude he sounds like my kind of guy though yeah it, <laughs> like if you love it you love it man yes you know like my you know uh, my buddy Jay, he plays in a band called Jagger Holly, and um, originally he's originally from Youngstown area, but he lives in Austria. Okay. So when you know he comes in, you know he just he just released an album, and he has another project called uh, Sweatpants Party. Um, <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> yeah, with with Kevin Aper from the Apers and a couple other guys. And it's like, where do you have the fucking time to do all this stuff? <laughs> But he's created a he's created a name for himself that he's able to do music pretty much full time. You yeah, know, when you're able to awesome. do it, like when you're able to do it, like why not? Like do as many projects as you can. If I if I could if I could put out every project I've ever worked on, I would. Yeah. Same, you know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> get my name out there as much as I can. <laughs> People probably still ask you, though, John, like, how do you have the time? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not only do I do this podcast, but I also do uh, uh, a funnier kind of looser podcast with my best friend who who lives in Cleveland now. And then I do the label and then I do uh, I set up sometimes I set up shows. And honestly, how I find the time is my wife lets me fucking do it. Yeah. You know, my wife lets me do all these things. My kids are older. I can do all this stuff. But, like, it gets it gets exhausting, man. It, gets, it really does. <laughs> I feel you <laughs> on that. There are some days that I can't believe how, how late I slept in because I was up the night before, mm -hmm. you know, trying to scramble and find a couple other bands that dropped off a bill or – you know, you're mm -hmm. mixing, a, you know, a video that's supposed to come out a, a week from now that, you know, might get 65 views, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But no, I like like you just mentioned, um, I, I have to shout out my wife as well, you know, and I think that's important for all of us creative types is when you have partners or family or, you know, whatever it is, whoever your support system is, if they are truly supportive, that's how we kind of get to do the things that we get to do. And um, mm -hmm. my wife is the same way. It also helps that she is typically in bed by like eight, eight thirty. She's a <laughs> she's uh, always in bed early. So I and I'm I've been a night owl my entire life. Mm -hmm. So I get most of my work done 
you know, from nine o'clock to about 2 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, man, I got the full time gig that I have to do and, and support the family and and do all that stuff. But, you know, all of my free time is put into this stuff, not because I feel like I have to just because it's what I love to do, you know? Yeah. because you just recorded you know three hours of an interview and had everything set up and boom your fucking hard drive goes out on your computer and you lost it mm-hmm. or you know like you have cancellations or if you're dealing with like pr managers you have to deal with all that kind of shit he goes it's frustrating and he goes but you know what you just maybe take a two-week break and then come back sharper than ever and, and keep trudging and he's been doing that like five years that's awesome. And you know what? And that was like the best advice you could get me. He goes, there's going to be times you're going to want to quit it. You know, you weren't like everybody else was like, you're going to do great John, blah, blah, blah. And then he was just fucking point blank real with me. 
and he, much like me, he comes from an area which really isn't known to be a hotbed of music either. He's from Wisconsin. So, you know, he knew exactly like, but just like me, he, he had connections. He knew how to get himself out there and he did it. And he just like, there's times where you're just, you're, you're, you're not going to want to do it or you just get frustrated or you're going to be tired or, you know, you may want to take, you know, you may just want to go on a mental health vacation and, and you know what? And I have, I've had to do that doing the podcast. Oh yeah. Cause it you takes know. a lot. It's, it takes a lot of your emotional energy too. Cause you put so much of yourself into it. Yeah. I've done, this is, this is my 85th episode in two, a little over two years. Dude, congratulations, man. Thank that's you. Like, that's <laughs> a huge deal. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> like looking at it, I go, oh, it doesn't seem like a lot. But I was like, oh, but I, I did it in two years. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I like, mean, it's pretty weird. It's pretty wild, man. As as the listener, take yourself, uh, you know, take a step back for a minute and think about the 85 episodes that John has literally like to put together a single episode is is a lot of work so the like congratulations man it's a it's a big milestone for you oh thanks a lot i appreciate it man it, honestly i it's funny like i listen to other podcasts and i go oh, they sound so much cleaner in this but the fact that i can do this through my phone and do everything i have to do as far as collect songs edit do all these things like i've become such like like it's just it's second nature to me. Like I know exactly what I gotta do. I do. I, I can. I can. I can record an episode, and two days later it's out. Yeah. You know. I just. It just. It's. It's. It, it because it's fun. It's fun for me. Much like you, I'm a night owl. I work my job. I work six to midnight. I come home at twelve thirty. Uh, I'll eat. Then I'll mess with like you know editing or whatever, and I and stay up till two three o'clock in the morning, and then I go to bed and you know, do that, but it, it's, it's, it, it, it's not work to me. Yeah. Doing the uh, podcast is not work. It's, it's what I'd love it to be my work. Yeah. Cause I would love to be able to make, you know, if, if I could, if, if I could, I don't want to, I don't want people to take this wrong, but I, if, if, if I could be financially secure doing the podcast, I would do the, I would probably have double the amount of episodes up oh, because yeah. I would, I would have all the time to do it. Well, I think that's the beautiful thing is, uh, you know, we talked about the, the, you know, putting your money where your mouth is, you have the five bucks to go see local bands. Well, mm -hmm. same thing goes for what you're doing, man. Like, mm -hmm. um, I feel like this, the, the type of podcast that you put together, it's, it's a, it's awesome because it's like this conversational thing. It's like, it's two people or, or several people just kind of like getting together and just talking and hashing things out. And you're kind of like it's like a fly on the wall experience mm -hmm. of of this, you know, of a conversation, you know, and I think that that's a great thing. And if people I know I enjoy it. I would support it. So, you know, it's like, you know, do it like a Patreon thing or, or something like that where people can, you know, keep it going so that they can keep enjoying it. I think that's the biggest thing. It's, you know, hold the hash browns when you go to Duncan. Uh, one yeah. time a week <laughs> instead of getting the hash browns you know uh you know sign up for john's patreon and, and yeah <laughs> maybe i'll have to maybe i'll have to do that but you know what it's it's you know thank you for all the kind words and stuff i really appreciate it i yeah. i just you know it's 
the first couple episodes I did, it was kind of more stricter. Like, I have these questions I want to ask. I spent all this time writing out stuff. And I was just, you know, after, like, maybe, like, a month or so, I was like, this... I, I had I had a, I had one I had an interview with a buddy of mine, uh, Dougie. He plays in uh, a band, a couple bands, and I had him on the podcast. And our conversation talk we were talking about weather in Michigan versus weather in Pennsylvania, and we were talking about the, the most random shit. It was like a two and a half hour episode, and I went. I would like more episodes to be like this. I like, this was fun. It's like, you know, we touched on certain things, but for the most part, we were just, this was literally a recorded phone call. And once I kind of broke from the rigid side of things and started looking at the podcast as more of, you know, less, less of just an interview, but more of a conversation, then I really kind of find my, I kind of find my stride with that. That's awesome. And and it's great that you're able to kind of look back and see that one interview or that one experience, that one conversation that did that for you, because, mm-hmm. you know, there are podcasts, there's presentations that are just like you said, they're rigid and they serve their purpose. You know, I'll, I'll listen to those types of podcasts every once in a while because you do get something from from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, especially with the way that you present your show it's really, it's, it's, it's a comfort thing. Like when I listen to any of your episodes, it's, I I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm settling in, I'm listening to stories. I'm, you know, it's making my mind kind of like wander into the different areas and learn about different things that, that you guys are talking about. And that's what I personally enjoy when I'm listening to a show. So, and, and I know if I'm enjoying it, I can't be the only one. So I think it's important to stay true to yourself. And if you're the one who enjoys, you know, conducting conversations in that manner, then you should do it. You know, thank you, man. That was really awesome of you to say, man. I appreciate that. And that's why I do this. This is, this is exactly why I do what I do is because I want people to feel that way. I want people to take away something from the, the person being on the podcast. You can listen to their music but I want the people, I want the listener to get to know who the person I'm talking to. I want them to understand where they're coming from, what their experiences are, what their view on punk is. Because I care. Yeah. I care. You know, you know, because to me, there is no, it, there's no shelf in punk rock. There's no unreachable person. There's no, um, I don't want to deal with the egos. I don't want to deal with any of that shit. I just literally want to have a conversation with somebody that I respect and that I have mutual admiration for. And if people can hear my excitement from maybe that that'll make them excited too. And that helps these people out and they get exposure to their bands and they just like, much like your band. I want people to hear your band. I dig what you do. Like, I think other people should check out your band and, and, and listen to what you do. And it's really, I played in bands for years and nobody heard of us and 20 people showed up, but you know what? I got to have that experience and, you know, being a part of the scene, but looking into the scene as part of still playing within it. I just, I know the hard work that goes into seeing bands and, yeah, playing in bands and doing all those things. And I know the 
member turnarounds and the the sleeping in van, you know, sleeping in your car and it, all this shit that goes into it. The, all the all the unglamorous things of punk rock. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 worth it, and people like talking about that shit, man, or telling funny stories or doing all these things. Like, I don't know. I'd much rather hear about that than some rigid you know, account of a band's discography. You know what I mean? I agree. Yes. And and you said a word that I've been using a lot lately, which was unglamorous. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> there is a lot of that when it comes to, you know, the the putting a show together or or being on, you know, we're on a we're on a run of shows. We're we're having a busy summer. <laughs> and I I've noticed. We, I've noticed. We kind of build it as a tour, even though it's not really a tour. You know, we're not like constantly on the road. We are getting a chance to come back home and and kind of reset with after each trip um but with that said it's still you know we, we still have to do the thing where we have to find a safe uh place to pull over and sleep for five hours because we can't afford a hotel room and you know mm-hmm. we have to bathe in a venue bathroom and and stuff like that and um you know, those are the things where when I come home and tell my wife what happened, <laughs> she's just mortified. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's kind of stuff that goes into it. And like you said, people enjoy listening to those types of stories. So if, if you want to listen to more, I've got tons of them.
So if you're out, you're out touring. You just said you're out touring in support of your most recent EP, The Price of Addiction, um, which I wanted to touch on because you got some great songs on there. Just Fine, Croaked, Issues, Hush, Psycho Magnet, the, the aforementioned title track, and the cover of Same in the End, which is funny that you put that song on there because that might be one of my favorite Sublime songs. That's awesome. And I don't know, I, I like their reggae kind of ska stuff, but I really like it when they just put their put their foot on the floor and just get, hit you with that, that punkier stuff. But you slowed it down, and I thought it was cool approach to it. I mean, not that it was a super fast song, but, you know, it's more of the, the, the upstroke, very quick, quick, and you, you slowed it down, and I thought, ah, that was really smart. That was really smart to do it the way you did, and I was like, I wanted to give you a little nod for, for the work you did on that track too, man. Well, thanks, and I, I'm I'm glad that we get a, a chance to talk about that because I don't get the, a chance to talk about this song too much. But Sublime Forever was not just my favorite band; they were like I always describe them as my musical religion, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know they still are. They it, they still hold such a special place in my heart. And um, I've gotten to kind of, you know, uh, join their community a little bit. And, um, you know, I've gotten to do some things for the Noel Family Foundation um, and and get to know uh, Brad's sister, Kelly, a little bit and some of the guys in that crew. That's um, awesome. And it really was something that when I was when I was a teenager and I and I discovered Sublime. Um, I didn't realize that Brad had passed away. They were they started playing stuff from the self-titled album on the radio, and I just became instantly enamored by them. And I think a solid six months went by before I finally heard that he had already passed away, like before the album was even released. And yeah, I like remember right before, yeah. Yeah. And it just it devastated me. I was 14, 15 years old. And it was like losing a friend. It was like losing a family member at that point because I had just literally dove in as as far as I could, you know, as far as a 15 year old could at that time anyway. Yeah. And um, so th it was always something that was near and dear to me was um, was that community. I mean, I, I went so far as I, I would trade bootlegs of their shows on cassette tapes. You know, I, I joined the tape trader scene, VHS tapes, anything I could get my hands on just to, to learn as much as I could about him and them as I could. Mm -hmm. um, so same in the end has always been my most favorite sublime song. Awesome. Um, so you are absolutely right. The album version, the way they played it live, very punk esque, you know, there's that upstroke, that Scott upstroke, but it's very much like a kind of a, dare I say sloppy punk song, especially when they played it live a few times, those, you know, it wasn't many, but they played it a few times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is crazy to me because you would have thought they would have played it all the time because it was just such a fun song to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, sadly, it's just, um, you know, he they didn't passed, have time. Yeah. He passed away right before they released that album and they were about to break it. I mean, look, we talked about listening to 21 Pilots that released a, a song however many years ago and it still feels fresh. You can yeah. put on the self-titled album, which was released back in 1996. Yep. And it still sounds like a brand new album to me. Mm -hmm. It does. Like I, I go back and I listen to a song. Like I was in a band we used to cover Seed. Yes. And 
um, was one of my favorite songs. But you listed like, you know, April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety two. You have, you have Joe Joe Hout or um, Pawn Jim Shop. House. You have Pawn Joe, Shop. Yeah. Yep, you have all these songs, and even the singles like Santeria and What I Got, but you know, <laughs> it's just such a good album. It is. It is like you said, it still holds up. And it listen, not only do I find myself going back to that album, but I find myself going back to Forty Ounces of Freedom or or Robin the Hood, and I just their stuff was just really. They were just they were ahead of the curve too. Yes. Like, and and they were punk rock as you could get. And that mentality of punk. You know, yeah. they, they're known for their reggae and their ska sound, and I get that. But when I was talking about earlier about that attitude of punk rock, and, and it's the way that you approach songwriting, it's the way that you approach your performances, and, and the way that you approach getting shows and building a community, they were as punk as you could get. They were as punk as Black Flag. They were as mm-hmm. punk as Minor Threat. And um, it, that's what attracted me to them. So uh, same in the end, I obviously it has that ska influence to it. So when we did our version, I said, you know, I really want to bring some more ska elements to it mm-hmm. and, and have the brass section or the saxophone in there and and kind of give it these these flavors that they didn't have on the recording. So to do that, to make room for that, we did have to slow down the tempo a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it like it, it definitely, you know, matches uh, our vision of it. You know, um, the other thing I wanted to do, because you brought up some other songs on the self-titled album, um, I wanted to inject some other types of flavors that Sublime was known for, which was doing like the sample thing. So yeah. samples from like movies and stuff. And, um, you know, I... I got to do that a little bit with this with this song, which was a lot of fun. There was a few lines from the movie Friday in there, which is just one of my mm-hmm. favorite comedies to watch ever. Yes. Um, there was also a little nod to uh, the song Mama by Genesis because I, I, I caught that too. Yeah, <laughs> because um, and that's more of an inside joke when we when we were at our rehearsal space while we were um, you know rehearsing the music for this album. We were just fucking around, I don't know, like several times. And we would just do that weird laugh that Phil Collins does, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so we were like, oh, this is like the perfect place to put this on the album. Just to kind of like commemorate that time at rehearsal, you know. And it fits. But, you know, it was a lot of fun to to put that thing together and to put it out there and that's awesome. And I love I love when there's in, when when songs come with inside jokes. Yes. Because nobody's gonna understand. They'll be like, why the fuck did they put that in there? But like <laughs> it works. So like whatever, you know what I mean? They don't get it. Yeah. And now I do it live too. So if we pull that song out live, I do the Phil Collins laugh in between trying to fit all those words into a verse, you know. <laughs> nice. Well, well, I'll try to get you to come out this way and you can definitely play that song for me, man. Absolutely. We and I expect a dedication as well. <laughs> oh, it will happen. <laughs> whether whether you're prepared for it or not, we will dedicate it to you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. I did. It's like I didn't even have to say it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, look, it's been a great time talking to you. And we've been talking all, almost an hour already. And I know you have stuff that you probably have to get done. And 
uh, same here, but I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to me and getting to know you even more than just on the socials. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really appreciate it. I really like your band and I really like what you're doing. And I know we were, we were chatting during a comment. I was like, I'm going to hit him up, man. I've been wanting to have him on the show, so I'm going to get him on the show. Yeah. I'm so. I'm so glad that you reached out, man. And you know, like, like you said, like we'll get to know each other on social media, but having this conversation, this is like, this is what it's really all about. And Hey man, I'd be happy to just to like, if you ever wanted to catch up and chat and not hit the record button, we could do that. Or if you ever wanted to do another recording session, we could do that too. But anything, man, it's a, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to, to kind of share in that passion that we both have for punk and for music in general. And I really appreciate the time that you took to, to have me on today. Absolutely, man. And definitely, I would definitely be down for a recorded or unrecorded conversation with you in the future. Um, it's been really fun getting to know you. Um, and it's just been, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. This, this, you were, you, you said a lot of really cool things today, you know, about the podcast and stuff. And I, I really graciously appreciate that. And um, you remind me why I do this and why I put in the hard work. And I, I really do appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep doing it because, you know, guys like me, we, we enjoy it. We enjoy the hell out of it. So, and we appreciate the time that you put in. Thank you very much, Vinny. I very much appreciate it, man. All right. You got it, John. Hey, man, you enjoy the rest of your day and I will be in touch with you very soon, my man. All right. Sounds good. Okay. You take it easy. All right. Later. Mm -hmm. Bye. Where the sun beats down from the sky They give it up, but they give it up, but they give it up, but they never ask why Daddy was a rolling, rolling stone
tricks in my 